So let's investigate this exponential function, y equals b to the x, for different values of b. First of all, we were talking about b equals 2, y equals 2 to the x. And we looked at values of y for integer exponents, for values of x that are integers, negative 2, negative 1, 0, 1, 2, 3, 2 to the third would be 8. Those are all really easy to think about. Now, the question is, do they have to be integers? Could we have something like 2 to the square root of 2? And the answer is yes, we just don't easily know what the answer is ourselves. We would use a calculator to help us. But I do know, because the square root of 2 is in between the square root of 1 and the square root of 4, that 2 to the square root of 2 is going to be in between 2 to the 1 and 2 to the 2. So it's going to be somewhere between 2 and 4 and probably closer to 2, right? So um, you know you can investigate that with your calculator. But the fact that I want to get across is you can have real values for your exponents. They, any real value, it doesn't have to just be integers. So that's why I can draw the graph. And I'm going to put it way over here of y equals 2 to the x smoothly. I don't have to do, you know, separate little dots for each one. I do know it goes through the point 0, 1 because 2 to the 0 is 1. And then it goes up from there. So this is y equals 2 to the x, maybe. Now we also would like to discuss can b, can b be 3? could make a table where b is 3, right? y equals 3 to the x. And let's see, we could use the same values for x, negative 2, negative 1, 0, 1, 2. We won't worry about negative 3 to the square root of, I'm sorry, positive 3 to the square root of 2. I'm going to assume that my calculator can find that for me, right? 3 to the negative 2 is 1 over 3 squared, which is a ninth. 3 to the negative 1 is 1 third. 3 to the 0 is 1, by definition, right? 3 to the 1 is 3, and 3 squared is 9. So when you compare the outputs of 2 to the x and 3 to the x for the same input values, you can see that 3 to the x, when the x values are greater than 0, seems to grow faster than 2 to the x does, right? I could put those points in. Maybe I'll use red for 3 to the x. We still have the point 0, 1 for 3 to the x. But then instead of having the point 1, 2, like we do on 2 to the x, we have the point 1, 3. And instead of the point 2, 4, we have the point 2, 9, somewhere up here, right? I'm just kind of fudging because um, there's no way I'm ever going to be exact anyway. So just I want to at least have a steeper graph than 2 to the x. And that works. It's steeper on the right-hand side. But what about on the left-hand side for negative values of x? If you look over at the table again, when x is negative 2, for 2 to the x, the y value, the output was 1 fourth. But for 3 to the x, the output is 1 ninth. So supposing here I'm at negative 1, this output is supposed to be 1 fourth. But for 3 to the x, the output is 1 ninth. So it's way down here, isn't it? 
and negative 2, that would be, oh, I'm sorry, not quite that bad. When x is negative 1, 3 to the negative 1 is just a third, so I'm more like here, right? I'm getting ahead of myself. Negative 1, a third. And then when x is negative 2, then the y value is very small. 3 to the negative 2 is 1 ninth, so then I drop down even more. So it's interesting to see that the one function, 3 to the x, is under the graph of 2 to the x when the x values are negative. And then they switch their relationship, and 2 to the x is under the graph of 3 to the x when the x values are positive. And where are the two y values equal for the two graphs? Right there when x is 0, any number to the 0 power, except for 0 itself, is equal to 1. So we have these two graphs, y equals 2 to the x, and y equals 3 to the x. Could b equal 10? We won't bother making a table for this one, but let's just think about a couple of the key points. If we had y equals 10 to the x, and by the way, you've probably seen all of this before. This is just a refresher for you, if you have seen this before, to help you when we get into the calculus involved with exponential functions. It's also going to help us with something called logarithmic functions, which if you're like many students, you probably get a knot in the pit of your stomach when someone says logarithmic function or logarithm. So understanding exponential functions, believe it or not, and understanding the last section we did, inverse functions, will help with logarithmic functions. So just thinking about 10 to a power, 10 to the 0, 1, 10 to the 1, 10. So we have the point 1 comma 10 all the way up here. We have the point 0, 1 still and 110, and then it's just going to grow from there, right? So I don't know if you can see this very well. The green one is above all the others, and I didn't draw it very well because actually 3 to the x should be closer to 2 to the x than it is to 10 to the x because the base 3 is closer to 2 than it is to 10. So my apologies, this is not to scale. This should be closer down here or basically the green one should be up higher. And then coming down when x is negative 1, 10 to the negative 1 is 1 tenth. So it drops down really fast for negative values of x. Looks something like that. So this actually tells us a lot. Keep this in mind when you look at any exponential function, y equals b to the x. When your b values, your bases, get larger and larger, the graph gets steeper and steeper, as you would expect. And if you think about this in terms of your money, if you've got a really good investment and your money keeps multiplying out of control, then we're really happy, right? And the bigger the base, the faster we're making money. Um, But we're going to look at other examples where the base doesn't have to be getting bigger and bigger. It might have a different relationship. Can the base be something like 3 halves? Do you think you can have a fraction, 3 halves? And if so, what would the graph look like? Well, 3 halves to the x, if you ever want to just investigate, that's always a good place to start. I think a lot of times we assume in math that we should just memorize everything we're told, when a lot of what I do just comes from investigating. And if you have a graphing calculator, you can use that as well. But let's just go from negative 1, 0, 
one, two. Three halves to the negative one power, two thirds, right? The reciprocal. The reciprocal of three halves is two thirds. Three halves to the zero, one. Three halves to the one, it's just three halves back again. Three halves squared, nine fourths. So with this base of three halves, the function is growing as the x function, x values get bigger. So the outputs are getting bigger, they're increasing, as the x values increase. So just like these three functions that we've already graphed, we do have an increasing function from left to right. So, and we do still have the point zero, one. So I'll use a dotted line for this one. Three halves to the x is going to go something like this. It's going to be below the other graphs when the x values are greater than zero, and it's going to be above the other graphs when the x values are less than zero. And I'll let you verify that for yourself. Notice two-thirds is the biggest of all the fractions we've seen so far for x equaling negative one. It's still less than one. It needs to be so that we have a constantly increasing function. But it's certainly not as small over here. The y values aren't as small as they are for the other functions. So this is y equals three halves to the x. So then we could also have five-fourths to the x, uh, six, six, uh, any of those can reduce, six-fifths to the x, anything like that. What about one to the x? Could we have one to the x? B equals one. We certainly can. Is it very interesting though? Y equals one to the x is just the horizontal line y equals 1 for all x. So you'll notice, actually, that if you start with a base of 1, you've got the horizontal line, y equals 1. As your base gets bigger, going from 1 to 3 halves, to 2, to 3, to 10, the graph gets steeper, coming up from this line y equals 1. So we have what we call a continuum of graphs going from here and growing upwards. So this kind of leads us to the next possible question, which is, can we have a base less than one? For example, can we have a base of a half? If we have a base of a half, that's y equals one-half to the x. And if we look at those values, x is negative two, negative one, zero, one, two, for example. One-half to the negative two the negative makes a reciprocal, 2 over 1, and then square it, you get 4. Negative 1 to the negative 2 is, oh sorry, that didn't make any sense. <laughs> my base is always a half, what's changing is my exponent. So my base is a half, my exponent now is negative 1. Negative, a, negative 1 power of a half. One half to the negative one power means reciprocal. Two is what I was looking for. Okay, moving on. Zero. One half to the zero. That's just one, right? And uh, one half to the one, I'm running out of room. It's just one. And one half squared is a fourth. So we can have a base of a half, but what's interesting is we have a reciprocal relationship compared to 2 to the x. Negative 2 comma 4, when x is negative 2, y is here at 4. Actually, I'm going to use blue. 
So on this graph, I had the point 2, 4. On the other graph, I have the point negative 2, comma, 4. Not quite an inverse, right? It's not like we interchanged x and y. When I have negative 1, then my output was 2. I'm going to erase these now. So I had the point negative 1, comma, 2. I have the point 1, 0, comma, 1 still. That's the most popular point of the day so far. And then I have the point 1, comma, 1 half, 1 over 2. And then 2, comma, a quarter, 3, comma, an eighth. So it's like 2 to the x, but it's reflected in the y-axis. And it comes down. like this. I'm going to make it dotted. Here's y equals one-half to the x. So you can see it's just like two to the x except flipped over in the x in the y-axis. You'll see why it has to have that relationship in a little bit. So the function's dropping from left to right. Similarly, what would one-third of the x look like? We won't bother making a table one-third to the zero is still going to be one, isn't it? One-third to the one is going to be one-third. So it's going to be below one-half to the x. One-third squared is a ninth. One-third to the negative one is the reciprocal, three. One-third to the negative two is the reciprocal uh, squared, so nine. So it comes down like this. So we can see when we have a base less than 1, instead of rising from left to right, the graph falls from left to right. It's a decreasing function when the base is less than 1. That has a lot of applications in the life sciences and in money and business. So we're going to see those coming up. But for right now, I'd just like you to see the relationship between all these graphs. This is 1 third to the x. Like that. The closer and closer your base gets to zero, you can see the steeper your graph is going to fall here and then um, like this. It's going to fall down faster and faster, closer to the x-axis. Notice when the base is less than one also, we have a horizontal asymptote of y equals zero. This time, as the x values get larger, the y values of these functions get smaller and go to zero. So the horizontal asymptote is still y equals zero. It's just on the other side for for large values of x. x going to positive infinity as opposed to here, we had a horizontal asymptote when x went to negative infinity. Um, So I just wanted to point that out because you've had horizontal asymptotes and we're going to be talking about those as well. So you can see when the base is between zero and one, the graph falls from left to right. When the base is greater than one, the graph rises from left to right. Doesn't make sense to have a base of zero. Can we have zero to the x? A lot of people would probably be tempted to say that's the same as y equals zero. Is that true? There's one case where we cannot have zero to the x power. If x equals zero itself, then y equals zero to the zero, 
which is not defined because it, for the same reason 2 to the 0 equals 1, 0 to the 0 cannot be defined because it would be forcing us to divide by 0. It's, it's similar in form to 0 over 0, which you learned last semester is indeterminate, right? And you're not allowed to divide by 0 either. So because we don't want to have 0 to the 0 power, we don't usually even bother talking about b equaling 0. Plus, it's just not very interesting, right? 0 to any power other than 0 is just the x-axis back again. So it doesn't really help us very much. Can b be negative? Can b equal, say, negative 1 or negative 2? It's certainly okay as long as x is, you know, 1, 2, 3, negative 1, negative 2, negative 3. The graph kind of goes all over the place because depending on whether x is even or odd, you have a positive or negative output. But we also have a problem if x is a half, x is a fourth, any, any fraction for the exponent that has an even denominator, that's like the square root, isn't it? That is the square root. Negative 1 to the 1 half power is the square root of negative 1. Is that real? The square root of negative 1 is called imaginary because we can only imagine a number that when we square it, we get a negative 1. So it's not real. So we are at the point where we can define our exponential function y equals b to the x. We call it exponential because x is in the exponent. b needs to be greater than 0. And then we also have some properties about it. We know that if b is greater than 1, the graph is increasing on its entire domain. If b is less than 1 and greater than 0, obviously, if b is between 0 and 1, then the graph falls from left to right. If we're just talking about the straight function y equals b to the x, nothing special on there, just y equals b to the x. If b is greater than 1, the graph goes up like this, and it passes through the line, the point 0, 1. And if b is between 0 and 1, it still passes through the point 0, 1, but it passes as a decreasing function. It falls from left to right. Just think about from left to right like we read. If you had to climb up it, then it's increasing. If you, have, if you could slide down, then it's decreasing. So we've looked at the family of exponential functions for all sorts of possible bases. We haven't looked at a base of, say, a square root of 2, but you could. It's just that you, um, you would just uh, not have very much fun trying to graph it. So we're going to mostly think about bases that are easy to work with. Um, And I'm going to show you some applications after that.